few months ago, if someone had said that millions of workers all across the world would abandon their offices and move home all at once, it would have seemed crazy. But to the technology analyst Patrick Moorhead, the fact that this massive shift to remote working did happen is fascinating. Without in any way minimizing the profound hardships and tragedy of the COVID-19 pandemic, he views it as an enormous global case study for virtual collaboration. And Moorhead, who's the founder of More Insights and Strategy, has no shortage of ideas about what's working and what isn't. This is Kevin Delaney for Cisco Tech Beat. I met with Patrick, virtually of course, to hear his thoughts on the critical importance of getting security right, on investing in the best, most flexible collaboration tools, and on how to meet the culture and leadership challenges driven by the abrupt shift to remote work all of which will help leaders through the current crisis and beyond. I hope you enjoy the podcast. So Patrick, it's fabulous to have you here today. We're honored. Um, Let's start from the 20,000 foot view. How is the current crisis highlighting the importance of digital transformation for organizations? Yeah, so first off, uh, Kevin, uh, thanks to you and Cisco for having me on. You've You've picked one of my favorite topics and something that I've written, gosh, three blogs on, maybe four in the past uh, uh, two weeks. It's just such a it's such a hot topic. Um, And anyways, uh, thanks for having me on. So it's interesting. Um, You know, we uh, we're stressing a bunch of different systems inside of technology and inside of I.T. Uh, More people are working outside of the firewall than uh, the last 20 years. And, and you can imagine the stresses that that puts uh, on VPNs, even getting VPNs. I've been talking to enterprises that are saying, you know, uh, one day I needed 20,000 uh, VPNs and the next day I needed 120,000. And and even getting VPNs uh, was, was difficult. So these are really foundational uh, uh, technologies that are out there, fundamental to uh, securing uh, and keeping private uh, and uh, customer uh, data, and and I think the, the the other thing is the need for better agility and flexibility. I mean, listen, most who are work, most people work at work, even though maybe folks like us uh, have been working remotely for a decade uh, uh, or, or longer. Uh, there are social impacts too. I mean, you know, flexibility in terms of it's okay to have your cat and your kids uh, come in. And and sit on your keyboard where maybe uh, in in six months ago that that would have been completely uh, 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 taboo. And and finally, you know, services for customers uh, need to be up, right? Sometimes we think of the people actually doing the work, but they're not doing the work on behalf of themselves. They're doing work on behalf of their customers. Of course, collaboration tools and remote work capabilities, as you mentioned, are proven to be an essential part of this transformation. Any thoughts on what has been such an abrupt shift to depending on collaboration tools on such a massive scale? This is super exciting for a technologist and that that doesn't underlie the horror of of the deaths and 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 thing, but but when I I just look at the technology of it. We're witnessing the world's largest market study on on collaboration, right? We're putting people out there who've done this uh, forever since, let's say, Skype was invented, 
Uh, and then uh, we're putting people who've never worked from home, and these are primarily, I'll call it government governing from home, you know, GFH, uh, that, that have literally never done this before and everything in between. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about this massive study. And I think what that's going to do is, is the providers are going to get better at providing the service. And that includes uh, companies like Cisco, obviously. Uh, and then also it, it, you know, nobody comes out of the womb knowing, knowing how to be effective with collaboration, right? So that from the user point of view is going to get better. And then ultimately the business who is the provider of tools to uh, the workers are, are going to get better at it. Where, where, you know, quite frankly, and I wrote about this article in Forbes that the things that will persist after COVID is, you know, the genie is out of the bottle, right? And and this is we're not just going to magically go back to work. All of us go back to work in a building in a year. I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of people who aren't going to go into work or aren't going to go there all the time because they they got it they got a taste of it uh and and they and you know quite frankly uh they they love it um and then finally i think you know it's it's not just work from home but it's schooling from home it's it's uh governing uh from home it's it's caring from home if if you're a uh, a hospital worker and I think that's just you know, we're going to see some exciting uh, learning going on, and i'm I'm really, really excited about it. And from a technical perspective, there's been a huge surge in demand, um, pressures on network capability, IT teams. And it's also um, exposed some vulnerabilities, you know, as some recent headlines have shown. What are some of the top challenges for companies that that are managing these remote workforces to stay operational and secure during a crisis like this? Yeah, so yeah, you you teed it up quite nicely. I mean, security and privacy are, are paramount. And, and quite frankly, um, any experience that doesn't secure your data and your customers' data or protect the privacy uh, of people uh, and, that, and that data is, is stillborn. Uh, I mean, if you're a consumer, it's one thing. If you're a business, a government, uh, a a hospital, it is a completely uh, different thing. And and I also think there are some consumers that actually think that that uh, security and privacy uh, are are important. Um, and and after you can look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I've established a secure and private environment. Uh, user experience matters too, because tools are only good as good uh, as 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 you make them accessible to uh, your workforce. Um, I, I've seen a lot of very uh, nailed down and locked down systems that require a password, um, literally for you to put your own password in every single time, without a single sign-on experience. That's 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 horrible. Looking ahead, how should a school or an enterprise evaluate collaboration tools before making an investment? So, yeah, I just I want to put the exclamation. I think security and privacy come first. And that's more than just a slogan. It's it's that, uh, you know, first off, settings are on. (laughs) Okay, secure and privacy settings are actually on out of the box. We can't assume that that every small business and every school uh, 
knows technology as well as the Fortune 500. I'm convinced that the Fortune 500 could probably make almost anything secure as long as it's running on their own network. They just completely limited uh, the amount of PCs. But if you look at small businesses and what some of their biggest challenges are, some of them don't even, even have IT. So secure out of the box. Security and privacy settings on by design, I wouldn't even consider a vendor that, that, uh, that doesn't uh, have this. Having acceptable video and audio experience in lower bandwidth environments is important at, as well. I think interaction and chat is a must. It's one thing to just have one directional interaction, but uh, actually having uh, the ability to type questions, uh, type answers in this environment uh, is, is important. Yeah, that's really becoming the new way of work. It, it's, you know, it's not just video, it's not just messaging, it's not just email, it's really combining them all into a unified platform where people can interact in all kinds of different ways, whether it's, you know, smart boards for brainstorming or sharing documents in real time and seeing each other in video at the same time. It really, it's really that unified experience that that's making collaboration and innovation possible remotely, isn't it? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, having four or five different tools that are supposed to work together is a is a non-starter. Uh, chat, video, uh, audio, the ability to work in line even with documents. Uh, I've found even in my own business that sharing documents, let's say inside of uh, like WebEx WebEx Teams, has been a has been a really um, has been a productivity adder because it's kind of weird that, you know, you'd be chatting and videoing in this one window and then get out and then email it versus just putting the document into the window uh, to say, hey, okay, here's the document you asked for versus, okay, hey, typed, I, I emailed it. So I think for organizations, having having those tools integrated and secure uh, and private is is important. And compliance is more important than ever enterprises are feeling pressure from measures like GDPR in Europe and California's Consumer Privacy Act. Some have even called security and privacy a human right. How does that relate to the collaboration tools? So I think, well, by fact, since July of last year, there have been more fines levied for privacy uh, than the damage uh, from cybersecurity breaches. And and a lot of that, uh, as you as you said, were based on GDPR, but that's moving to California, and I believe that's going to move to 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 New York. And and I do believe, I actually do believe that that privacy and security uh, uh, should be a a fundamental uh, right. And you know, I think up until a month ago, I think most incorrectly thought that all collaboration vendors were all focused on privacy and security particularly if you're focused on businesses and government. And obviously that was wrong. Um, you know, and whether it's, you know, leaking information out to Facebook and LinkedIn or inaccurately characterizing security levels, um, I, I think that that the awareness is at an all-time high. And that, that's a positive thing, right? Um, in, you know, when you do have kind of train wrecks uh, like we saw, it does raise awareness and that, does put special focus on doing the right thing. So if there's one silver lining I think we can take take away from this was that 
uh, as an industry, we all we all recognize the importance of of collaboration, privacy, and security. Hackers are exploiting the current situation in different ways. It's not just collaboration tools. What are some additional short-term steps that leaders can take right away to ensure that their organizations are not among that low-hanging fruit that hackers like to uh, exploit? So, so first of all. <sighs> And I hate to be so binary on that, but stop using any product you don't trust. The risks just aren't worth it. And the hackers more than ever are are focusing on the fact that just in the U.S., 75% of every worker uh, moved from uh, from working in an office to outside of an office. So they are looking for ways to uh, exploit it. And while it may be painful, stop using what you can't trust and you don't believe are secure. Uh, we already talked about the privacy risks. Actually, privacy fines are bigger than the loss uh, of security, but I don't want to minimize security because it's still a major issue, particularly if you're in a regulated environment or if you have high levels of intellectual property, like an auto designer. I mean, somebody gets a hold of that special file that you're designing for that new car, uh, your business or your product line uh, could be uh, could be sunk. So just just stop it. the 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 alternatives uh, are are out there and and they're uh, available. Also, make sure there's no public links that that can be um, uh, can be uh, e- exploited. And that means turning off uh, public rooms, uh, making sure you have a waiting room, making sure that uh, there's nothing in public that that somebody can easily uh, uh, come in. I mean, I was in a business meeting, an NDA briefing, and got bombed um, uh, literally last week, which blows me away because, first of all, the company was in technology, and first of all, the uh, awareness uh, was high, but second of all, made me distrust the company who was uh, 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 briefing me. There's also an issue around culture and leadership with security to really ensure that that awareness pervades every aspect of an organization. Do you have any thoughts on that side of security? I mean, I think that leadership from the top down needs to recognize that and communicate that this is important. Uh, I was really impressed um, with Chuck, uh, you know, putting out the big megaphone on that. And yeah, I recognize I'm on a Cisco podcast, but I think he's done the best job in 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 getting that out. And you know, he did call it a fundamental uh, human right. And you know, without taking you know named competitive swings, you know, he he drove it uh, he drove it uh, 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 to the top. And I think management needs to also act like it's important. And when they have meetings, a leader should always be the epitome of, of security or any type of conversation that they don't want the public uh, to, uh, uh, to know about. So I think leadership sets the best example in providing and even okaying uh, the, the right tools and, quite frankly, maybe taking some shots that if the, the business wants to use a consumer-grade uh, product that uh, you know they just they support IT or the or the CISO and the CISO says no. The crisis around the pandemic will be with us for the foreseeable future, 
Any additional thoughts on how organizations can, can continue to operate at their best, all things considered, in this situation? So first off, I do believe for public companies, uh, we're going to have a pandemic plan that's going to part uh, be a part of everybody's business continuity plan. So every public company has these. Cisco has these. I mean, every big company has these. And and essentially, um, I think part of that is that's not going to be in the handbook is how to thrive under under adverse uh, uh, challenges, right? And and part of that is is kind of like an earthquake drill uh, that that we have in schools, uh, which is um, I I can a- ab- actually see, um, you know, X number of days a week where everybody goes on everybody works outside, like like we have a pandemic, uh, to uh, uh, to test this, um, and, and I think uh, having that re having that reflex having that practice. Uh, that demonstrate being flexible uh, and agility, I think, are going to be um, um, important. Now, I, I think there's a human side to, to this as well. And I think that employees are going to remember how they were treated during the crisis. And I think that'll uh, leave a lasting impression uh, on, on how the employee views uh, the employer. You know, were you empathetic? Were you support and kind or, or were you tyrannical uh, when you were on an important call and that person's uh, child uh, walked in and, and maybe uh, inter- interrupted um, that, that, that conversation? Um, so I think um, the other aspect, and I mentioned this earlier, is research, right? We're in the biggest research study that has ever happened on people working under adverse conditions. Uh, What are companies learning? Uh, What analytics do they see? What best practices that to me uh, don't, you just can't say, oh, these are the best practices for all 3 billion people uh, who might use to need to use these devices. They're cut by corporate culture. They're cut by uh, the culture of the state, uh, of the country. Uh, the culture um, of the kind of business they're in. It's going to be different. So to me, you're going to have real bespoke uh, type of uh, collaboration best practices that uh, I'm hoping right now uh, organizations are are, are getting uh, better uh, at that. And I think probably, probably the final thing is this isn't going any way soon. Upgrade everything that matters about improving that experience based on the best experience that's bespoke for, for your organization. Don't chintz on the service. Don't chintz on the cameras, microphones, or, or whatever you, you, you have to do. Um, it's not a one-size-fit-all. You know, just to expand on that a little bit, um, you've written about conscious culture. Do you see companies becoming more mindful, compassionate, inclusive, and inclusive post-pandemic? You've touched on that a bit, but I'd love to hear you expand on that a little bit more. I'm actually quite hopeful of of what's going on. I don't know what it is about collaboration, video collaboration. Maybe it's that we get to see people uh, where they live, uh, and it's a more human nature of it. But I see more of the human nature coming over than I've seen really ever, uh, maybe since uh, since 9-11. One of the positive things, I think we've gotten to know each other better 
uh, through this. Uh, turning on the video has been breakthrough, you know, to the point where even I'm like, hey, can we all, anybody who can turn on video, can we turn on video just, just to have a richer conversation uh, here? So I think that 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 is that that is a positive. And and what the reason I think that that will help organizations operate more effectively in the future is I do think, and this is part of a of a conscious culture to really understand where the other person's coming from. And it's not just where they are on an idea. It's where they're really from. And what's what are they really all all about? So I, I think as it comes to seeing somebody from the other side and seeing a little bit piece of 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 humanity uh i i do think that that will help organizations operate differently and the obvious one too is getting is being very effective and teaming without having to be in the office i mean the importance of that particularly as we look at the way that cities are getting bigger and you know, imagine a, a world where you didn't have to sit in a car and drive to work, you know, be in the car for two and a half hours. That is completely life altering for a tremendous amount of the population, whether you're in Beijing or San Francisco or, you know, Austin, Texas. And, and I believe that life altering experiences at work just make um, it stickier that employees are going to work better. They're going to be more motivated uh, and, and a lot more positive about uh, their, their work experience. So the trick will be to carry some of these positives into the future, won't it? We're going to be working from home likely for the next year um, uh, for, for most people, because I believe that companies will view it as a liability to force their information workers back into the office. I think that companies are going to give them the option of going back in. And, you know, some will go in for peer pressure, but a lot of them are going to say, okay, hey, I have the option. I'm going to get really good at this. Uh, and that's why I think the genie is 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 out of the bottle and why every organization needs to find out to be the best at this. Because if they're not being the best at this, their competitors are probably trying to be the best at it. And if nothing from just a pure competitive, find the best people and keep the best people, I guarantee you a year from now, people are gonna ask, hey, what's your what's your work from home policy? And, and security is gonna underlie everything, isn't it? Oh, if it's not secure, if it's not private, it's a non-starter. Don't even start there. The options, there are some incredible options, which by the way, I recommend that Everybody checks out uh, Cisco, WebEx, and Teams. And no, I'm not being paid to be on this podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that there are enough options out there that you literally um, are, are having a dereliction of duty if you don't pick a secure and a private uh, service uh, up front. This is Kevin Delaney for Cisco Tech Beat. My very special thanks to Patrick Moorhead for a great discussion. And here's hoping that your organization stays secure, flexible, and highly collaborative. 
If you'd like to hear more Cisco Tech Beat podcasts, subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and feel free to leave a comment. We'd love to start a discussion.